and welcome to Health Meets Home, the podcast exploring the fascinating relationship between health, housing and everything in between. On this podcast, I'll be speaking to some of the nation's leading experts in the fields of health and housing, discussing some of the very latest innovations being developed to meet the changing needs of our population. And today, my guest is Philippa Charia, who's the co-founder of Fat Properties with her husband, Tom. Now, Philippa is also a property investor and developer, and she creates exemplary student homes using the principles of great design and customer experience to promote well-being in the sector. And I'm really pleased to have her on the show today. She's come an awful long way. Philippa, thank you so much for coming down to thank the Thank you for today. inviting me. It's lovely to meet you. Oh, likewise. And Philippa and I actually met on Instagram, didn't we? We did, yeah. yeah. The power of Instagram. The power of Instagram. <laughs> and if you are an Insta lover, I suggest you go on right away and have a look at Fat Properties because they are doing really, really great things thank in the you. student space. Um, so, Philippa, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I love this pod. Isn't it amazing? Yeah, it's really Fantastic cool, isn't it? Place, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Tell us a little bit about how your property journey started. So, I um, I trained as an architect and um, I and an urban designer. I started off in, in architecture and then moved into urban design. And then I, I was working in urban regeneration. So I've got 15 years experience working on high profile urban regeneration projects. Um, and then, yeah, we lived in Sydney. Tom and I lived in Sydney for a while um, and then moved back because unfortunately my mum was, wasn't well and, and later died. Um, so we moved back to the UK. And we, Tom got a job in the Lake District in Kendall. I was in urban regeneration, so it was a bit too far to go to Manchester or Leeds to, to continue working in urban regeneration. So I started looking for alternatives. And yeah, we had a, a child at the same time. Um, so that was very exciting. And um, yeah, we, we started up um, developing student property. We looked at all different types of property because obviously with our backgrounds, we're heavily involved. We were heavily involved in architecture and urban design. And Tom's is, uh, Tom's He's a landscape architect. He's a landscape yeah. architect. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> amazing. So we met at work and we've, so we've always been involved in the built environment and building spaces um, that, you know, we, we understand how the built environment um, impacts on our well-being and, and how we feel in, in the spaces. So, yeah, so we started looking at student accommodation and looking at lots of houses. And to be honest, I was absolutely horrified at when I started looking at the accommodation that was available because it had been 10 years, 10, 15 years since I was studying and there was still the same level. I mean, if you think of student accommodation, straight away people think, oh, my goodness, you know, it's it's all... Um, you know, dated and, and it's just that's what people perceive as student accommodation. And I thought things might have changed as the other sectors in the built environment, everything like in the architecture, everything had changed, technology had changed, you know, iPhones, we've got all this had changed. Yeah. But still, the student accommodation seemed to be, well, the HMOs anyway, still nobody had, you know, done anything to them. They still were in that same dirty, grimy, you know, awful living, which. You know, I just thought, I, c I can't, can't believe it. You know, people are spending so much money in other sectors on how their environment impacts on their well-being and their mental health, but nobody was actually spending it on, you know, in the student accommodation. Yeah. So we started that. That was, oh, goodness, uh, six, just over six years ago now. So you decided to go into business yourselves. Yeah, in yeah. Property in, in, a, <clears throat> in the fields that you're experts in. Already, but in a different, in a yeah, different yeah, kind yeah, of a way. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was trying to see something, you know, I wanted to stay in 
in architecture and urban design, but we were then living in somewhere that wasn't going to be urban regeneration wasn't going to be a big thing yeah so it was trying to come up with something that would work that would keep my passion going for design and and buildings um but also I could be at home with you know our new baby and you know we could grow the business as well as grow the family and yeah, yeah. so and Fat I, Properties was born as well as three kids <laughs> God, that's amazing and it, it's, it's interesting that you you mentioned um student accommodation and particularly HMOs so just for anyone listening um, HMO stands for House of Multiple Occupation. So commonly, you know, multi-let properties where lots of students will be living together. They might be renting the whole property together or renting on a room by room basis. And that really is a sector which um, really does fall short a lot of the time in terms of accommodation standards, doesn't it? It does. It does. And it is is very sad that, you know, this day and age that it's still happening and you know there's I mean I think it, there's a lot of property training out there um, there's a lot of focus on return to investment and mm. the dream of you know passive income and and it, just maximizing profits how many rooms can you get in a two-bedroom terraced house or whatever and is is that sort of I would I would think it is that sort of um, thought process that's stopping the actual thought about who's going to live in this property. You know, people are living in these properties. It's not just a money-making exercise. Um, and I think that's where we need to just focus and just really, you know, get that. In. You know, whoever's designing the property, whoever's buying these properties, they need to really think about the end user and who's going to be living in, in the space. Yeah. So fat properties, mm. I've got two questions. First of all, <laughs> where does the name come from? <clears throat> and Excuse second me. of all, What's what's Fat Properties' approach to this? Right. So, <clears throat> Fat Properties, we have always been about space and always been about spacious properties, space, the rooms are big. So we went down the whole idea of, you know, what can we call, like, obese, can we do that? You know, and then it was like, <laughs> that's not going to work. Obese um, properties. Fat, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we thought, so we went through loads and loads of different names, you know, and then, then we ended up with, we thought, Fat, that'd be good. And then my nickname when I was younger was Phil F-I-L not P-H-I-M so that was Phil and then Anne Tom so I don't highlight that too too much but then Ah. again it's got a different meaning of Phil and Tom so yeah so fat Um, and what do we stand for we are our approach to our homes we are very definite that we're not providing accommodation I don't like the word accommodation and I think it's we have done so much research into this and um, know what students are looking for. And the students that come to us are looking for a home and accommodate. We need to move away from the accommodation name. They want a home and we need to provide a home. Um, now, in the student in universities at the moment, they are trying to tackle some of the biggest national challenges in student mental health. Mm. So it's a huge, huge issue at the moment. And, you know, 50% of young people are going into um, higher education and a third are having mental health issues, um, are struggling from, you know, psychological distress. And we believe, I mean, if you've just got to pick up the papers at the moment, you know, everything is on, you know, mental health, well-being and... There's so many, so much research being done at the moment in in our homes and in our environment. You know, we're spending, I mean, there's a question for you. How much time do you think we spend 
in buildings. Oh God! As a percentage, as a percentage, eighty percent of the That's time. A, that is really good. Oh really? Most people, most people go. Most people say like twenty. I only spend twenty percent inside, um, but wow. it's actually ninety percent. Ninety percent we spend inside. That's shocking, isn't and it? And that is shocking. And you know, I thought when I heard that, I thought. No, 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 no. You know, I push a pram outside. I've got three kids. I take them to school. And I actually worked it out, you know. And it, it, it is. It's 90% for me, too. And that's like three hours that's outside. It's absolutely terrible, isn't it? I mean... I- from you know when I, when I used to go out hunting for properties I used to love it because I'd be outdoors yeah 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 looking yeah. at different properties going on viewings compared to my hospital life where I could be absolutely. 13 hours absolutely inside a windowless absolutely. windowless absolutely. environment yeah. which is just absolutely yeah. terrible yeah. it and makes you feel terrible well it's fascinating to talk to you about this because hospitals are a huge problem um and as you rightly know you know and also you know there's been so much research done on um on the design of all these different sectors, but there's nothing being done on student accommodation, which is shocking. I'm saying student accommodation, yes. but I allow it. Um, yes. And uh, as with healthcare, if patients are put near a window when they're recovering, their recovery rate is 12% faster than it would be if they were somewhere else. You know, so that is shocking. There's office design, the productivity, 8% mm. more productivity if you're sitting next to a window. Um, and your well-being is up by 13%. Hospitality, guests pay 23% more just by having a view of a, of a garden or greenery. Um, and this goes on and on and on. You know, education, um, 20 to 25% more learning um, drops in ADHD for the kids. You know, so this is it's just ongoing. People are doing all this research, but nothing is being done on student accommodation. And... Again, I think it comes back to who's getting who's getting the benefit from it. You know, it's, it's not for the workforce. Obviously, you know, more productivity, the corporates get more money. But for student accommodation, where does it go? And I think it's a society problem that we need to address. And if we don't address it now, then you know, these are our future kids. They're yeah, our future. And absolutely. I mean, and this, it's some of your most important formative years. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you're going to be influenced by lots of different things. And I mean, housing isn't necessarily the be all and end all, but it's, just, it's a definitely a significant Absolutely. factor. And I remember from my own university years, I mean, I, I, my course was seven years long. I had to move yeah. nearly every year. Um, and I remember some of the places I lived were really very nice and others were really miserable. And it really yeah. does impact. And did you live you with feel? your friends? Uh, some of the time, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I mean that that again we've we've gone into researching into you know what actually is well being what how can we make our properties better how mm. can we address this situation mm. that you know all these universities are struggling so I mean we look at um, you know there's a big trend for purpose built student accommodation now um, and I put a post out on Instagram just sort of you know I think it was is your student accommodation making um, causing your an increase in your mental health issues or, or something like that. I can't mm. remember the exact words. But I, it was actually just to sort of just start a debate going. But the amount of people that contacted me saying that their children were living, you know, they'd gone to first years at uni. The parents were spending £140 per week on a luxury student accommodation. She sent me photos and she said, you know, that the, her daughter had seen you know she'd seen an increase in mental health issues or she'd started having mental health issues since she'd been living in this accommodation and she won't say that it was you know 100% down to where she lived but when you actually break it down and look 
what is well-being? What does it mean? What do you need to be, you know, have optimum well-being? And we've, you know, this is based on um, extensive research of 130 countries, our experience, our experience in built environments. And, you know, we need, we've got the four four quadrants of well-being. So we've got focus, fitness, friendship, and finance. Oh, so this is like a little formula this for is, well-being. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But this is, and it's, it's actually really interesting when you start looking at it, because the focus for well-being is having a purpose in life. So you need to feel fulfilled in what you're doing. So when you're waking up in the morning, you need to feel like, yeah, I can get this. I can do this. I'm doing, you know, I've got a purpose for life. Yeah. Fitness, um, you know, obviously physical, eating healthily um, and sleeping well. Uh, friendship friendship's a huge one you know not just like our social network but our community mm. being involved with a community and again financial so this is specific to students but also it works f- for everybody as well because I mean recently I um, Tom's just joined the company full-time so he's having he's spending you know time and he's able to look after our kids um, and I've just started exercising more because, you know, I didn't have the time to, to exercise as much. Mm. So I've actually set it into my daytime that I will go and go and do exercise. And the difference in my focus, everything has changed completely just because that was that bit was lacking. Um, but just, you know, just changing things and just making a point of doing these different things has really changed, you know, my outlook look on life. Um, so the same with student accommodation. I know I keep saying accommodation after saying don't use accommodation. <laughs> but student living in the student housing that we need to actually look at these four sectors, these four quadrants and how we design our houses is focusing on making sure that we can optimise their well-being through the design of our housing. Okay. And how, so how do you do so that? So how do we do that? Yeah. So basically, looking at focus, so they need to have a... Um, I mean, the design of our houses, we, we choose... Um, most of the time, they are Victorian terraces. Victorian, okay. beautiful Victorian terraces. Some of them aren't... I, I love Victorian terraces, so I'll call them more beautiful. But yeah. um, we make sure they have a setback from the streets. None of the, we don't allow, you know, any podcast I've been on, I talk about this and people either love it or hate it. But we, um, the front doors don't, are not straight onto the streets. So yeah, there's a setback. So there's, so there's that space, that private space between the pavement and the front door. There's a barrier between the, so the road and the noise and that kind of thing. Absolutely, yeah. And it's also a place that you can actually, you know, you put flowers on and you can make it nice. And there's lots of research into that as well, that people that are living in a, in a house that's got a setback, they feel safer, they feel more involved with the community because it's a place that people can just stand and talk to the neighbour or whatever. So that's what we look for in, in accommodation. There are always Victorian terraces, large windows, fantastic proportions so that you get the space um now in the bedrooms we make sure for the focus that the comforts there with the bed sleep is obviously such an important part of well-being Mm. so they all have double beds they all have you know good mattresses good space the bedrooms are always very big we allow you know to make sure that you know they're going to be working in their bedrooms. They're going to be in their bed sleeping. Um, storage, we've got lots of storage. Um, they, so yeah, so the the desks 
where it allows, we we have them next to the, the window so that they can have a look at, onto greenery and, and space so we get the natural daylight. So there's always lots of natural daylight within the rooms. Um, the windows um, are all double glazed, but they can open the windows properly and fully and let natural ventilation in. Yeah. Um, as part of our well-being, we have to be able to have control. We have to have personalization. So we have to feel like we have that control. Oh, God, and I'm so glad you've said that because I think I think that's one of the things as a landlord that I've always been quite lenient on in terms of you know, if you want to stick a pin in the wall, do it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's really not yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Blue tack's a bit more tricky because it leaves the sort of oily stains. Yeah. But, um, you know, you have to be able to personalise your property. Absolutely, absolutely. And to that's... feel that it's your home and you're not living in someone else's. Absolutely. And to be able to move the furniture around as well. It's a big thing yeah. for well-being to actually feel like you are taking ownership. And if you allow people to do that and let people have that ownership of the place, they look after the place more because it's theirs rather than thinking that they are in accommodation and looking at, you know, and living in somebody else's house and I'm just borrowing it for, you know, 20, whatever, however many weeks, 48 weeks, and then I'm moving on. You know, yeah. it's that they've got to feel like, they've got to feel the ownership and the control. And so we, we um, you know, it's simple. You know, you just do some tape, washi tape or um, masking tape. It doesn't damage the the, wind, the walls. We also allow, you know, we, we have... Um, shelves and personalization we have special you know boards that they can put up as well but they've got to be you know the bedrooms as well um for focus you've got to really sort of calm it down not have too many crazy things in the bedroom so that they can just really focus it's not distracting space yeah um and it's light and airy it's not all dark and you know um just not very welcoming you mentioned storage so that, that, that's again often a big problem and it's difficult because when you're a student, you're you've not you're not always able to leave all your stuff maybe at your parents or something like that. So people like to bring a lot of things with them or they accumulate yeah, a yeah, lot of yeah, things yeah. over a period yeah. of time. And what I found quite often is, you know, one double wardrobe wasn't quite enough. Yeah. yeah. And then you have things piling up. So you have also you know, you have to have minimum room sizes. So how do you deal with that? We we because we manage all our own properties. If mm. somebody needs extra storage, of course we'll buy it for them. You know we don't. There's um, no again. It's the that. tenant. The word tenants. We don't like using it. The customers. So if the customer wants something, then we will provide the customer within reason. Yeah. That you know it. It's they are our customers, and I think that again gets lost when people go into property developing. That you know somebody else manages it for them, and you don't really hear that side of things. But. Yeah. We need to be really, really careful that, you know, we are looking after the people that are living in our accommodation because we know that it's such a huge impact um, on their well-being and, and who they are and who they develop into. Um, yeah. There was a... There was a... Um, what was it? Emotional well-being in your early 20s is a predictor of life satisfaction in your 30s. So if you think, you know, when you're studying, if wow. you're not happy when you're studying, then it actually can impact you in later life. That's... And again, when I put this post on Instagram, um, somebody contacted me and they said, actually, you know, I've had a really bad experience with my where I stayed when I lived at university. And it's really impacted my life even now, 10 years later, 10, 15, 20 years later. And when she returned home from being at university, she went to see her doctor and the doctor said that she had anxiety. Um, and then 
it transpired that she ended up having to go to see a counsellor. Mm. And talking to a counsellor, it all came out about her experience of where she lived at university had had this impact on her. Wow. So, you know, when we all talk about let's make some money out of property, let's all just, you know, it's a passive income and, you know, it's people living in this in these spaces and we need to just make sure that we provide an environment for them to excel. Yeah, absolutely. So, how I, I feel like I, stopped, I might have interrupted <laughs> no, your, no. your flow earlier there. So you're talking about focus. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, we, and, were, and, we were going and, you're, and, the, and the fat approach and the fat <laughs> approach to it. Yeah. What else? So, you know, what about the other the other so, parts of the formula? So, yeah. So fitness, we'll go to fitness. So fitness, um, we need to make sure that we have sort of bike storage where we are. Um, oh, that's really good. Helping people to take fitness, control of their fitness in in their environment. So um, fitness. So kitchen design as well. I mean, we can do subtle things as designers to actually enable people to act in different ways. So with the kitchen design is what's known as kitchen triangle. Right. So it's where you use the most important things in your kitchen and you position them in a triangle so that they're easy for people to, to get to. So there's that. There's storage um, allowing enough fridge freezer space, fridge being very important so they can have fresh vegetables, fresh food, um, enough worktop space and cupboard space so that, again, it's storage, so it's not all lying all over the place. Um, so that's that's fitness. So trying to allow just different ways um, for people to be healthier. Um, and also we're starting to look now at how we could create exercise, you know, exercise. We've got big enough room so people can have exercise mats um, so they can do exercise or we're looking at ways that we can actually involve how can we get people exercising more could we provide something that you know we already tell them you know park run is there that's free yeah anybody can go to that's where your local park run is that's go amazing that maybe and, you could have like a fat properties park and run. Then, I, get all of your well, I was saying to tom the other to day go on a jog. This, is, this is it and i thought you know this would be great could we get somebody that's based in lancaster to take go to each house on a Wednesday night or whatever and pick up people and take them for a safe run around, you know, the environment and drop them off at their houses. And that everything. would be brilliant. And then, and then it, and it's knock, just... Knock, knock, yeah, 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 so they've already formed those friendships from the first year of being at university. So really they're second and third years that come to us in a big group and they're friends. Um, the same would apply for if you're, you know, just separate people coming to live together. You need a communal space. And a lot of um, a lot of designs, a lot of the student um, purpose-built student blocks, some of them, some of them are fantastic and have brilliant communal facilities, but um, there are a lot of them that have just a kitchen with a few chairs and that's it. No sofa, no nothing. And this is, again, going back to this lady that contacted me about her daughter. The lounge was just um, two chairs and I think it was for five of them. And oh, that was God. it. And this was luxury so student depressing. accommodation for £140 a week. And and also going into acoustics as well, the, the sound between the bedrooms as well. 
they hadn't got anywhere communally to be and to be part of a friendship. But also, so they're in their bedrooms on the smartphones, listening to what's going on around the place and feeling completely isolated. And and you just think, you know, this is it's just huge. Yeah, I mean, for awful. these young people, and I think I've got three kids. Oh, my goodness, these are people's kids that are going through this and they're suffering mm-hmm. and... If you just change the way we design things and look at the way this, these things can change, you know, we're not going to solve everything and we're not going to solve mental health, you know, end of, but we can do things to help people to, to improve, to optimise their own, you know, well-being. Definitely. And I think it, you know, it's about looking at the bigger picture as well, isn't it, of the almost the compound effect of these small changes or small changes that you can make to your daily life and implement. I mean, one of them that's really big in medicine is nutrition and absolutely and you know not only what we eat but actually how we eat yeah do we sit down and eat together yeah yeah yeah, yeah. with without being on our mobile phones yeah. without wolfing it down that absolutely. actually does have a, a massive impact on how your body works to digest the food to um to sort of stimulate the appetite to salivate to, yeah. to make sure all of your hormones and your your digestive enzymes are working properly there's a lot of research in absolutely. that area showing that absolutely. We're, we're really breaking yeah. what is a <laughs> a normal process absolutely. and making it very abnormal. Yeah, and, and that definitely has a lot. And the impact. same with our houses. You know, we are not we are not designed to live in to be in houses for ninety percent indoors for ninety percent of the time. So this is huge on us as humans you know we need to change that and if we can sort of bring the outside in you know with plants with biophilia this is what we're looking at you know this is let's get the outside in let's try and have links to the outside but going back to your point about um sitting and eating we in our houses we provide dining tables with exact amount of people that are living there they have a chair each and in our latest one we've had we have purposefully put it separately from the lounge so we've got a kitchen dining rather than a lounge dining because obviously with the lounge dining you just sit in front of the tv and you're you're eating in front of the tv but we're trying to encourage a socialization in the kitchen so that you know people are cooking they're talking they're eating they don't have to they probably won't all sit down to eat together but if we provide the right environment and the furniture for it, then they can do that. So it's just thinking like that to make sure that, you know, we, we are providing the right things so that they can, you know, how they choose to to use them is is up to them, obviously, but it's it's just making sure that they've got all that so that they can, you know, live life to, you know, optimum well-being. Definitely. I mean, God, design is just so important, just thinking about it in, in, in lots of different scenarios now. And you know, the the environment that you're living in and how it's designed and what opportunities are facilitated by that, they just have such a massive impact on, you know, your emotional health, on your on your on on how you're perceiving your environment, your moods, which then affects your behaviour, which, you know, affects your certain actions you'll oh, take or absolutely. not take. Yeah. And the same goes for, you know, much better than me being an architect, but urban design. Um, how we design neighbourhoods, whether that neighbourhood's going to be a healthy neighbourhood or not, whether people walk to work or cycle because it is made easy for them to do that. And you think about all our health challenges that we have now are... It's nothing to do with infectious diseases anymore. It's all to do with lifestyle, mm. and I mean you'll know that way more than Chronic I do. Diseases. But it's and it's and it's obesity. It's you know it's it's mental health issues. It's stress. It's all these things that are 
impacted on how we design our surroundings. And, you know, if we don't take this on now, you know, we've got a future of kids that are now at university, our future leaders, our future people in our society that, you know, we need to look after them. And, you know, we need we need to get on this. And it's, it's not just universities and you know the students that are suffering from this it is society you know it's 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 everything and it's a huge amount of money that you know people are spending on on things that really you know we got the design right it really is so for any i suppose any property investors or landlords listening or even big housing organizations how challenging is it to do this can, you know can you find because obviously you've got a portfolio of student um homes that you that you manage and that you've been designing often it's a bit tricky to find the right kind of property that you can convert to make it work on a business level yeah yeah I mean it sounds amazing what you're doing you've got a kitchen and a dining area and a lounge yeah it's not I mean of course we've got to make money out of this yeah it is a business we're we're in it as a business um but with we're not just focused on profit we are focused we've got to hit a level a certain amount but then over that you know we could we could have where the where the dining room where the lounge is on the last property that we did we could have made that into a bedroom so that would have been seven but the space that that would have provided still would have been far more than most people provide but the impact that would have had on people living, we would have had long corridors, we would have had, it just would, the flow of the property would not have worked. So it always comes back down to, would we live in that property? What are we designing to, you know, to help with student wellbeing? How, you know, how can we, we've got to be able to sleep at night. So, yeah. you know, we've, we are parents. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's, it's not that difficult, but you just need to think about it. You just need to think, don't, you know, shut out the light or, you know, make sure the windows are big, make sure the space works and it flows. Um, don't always think about profit. You know, it's got to be people are living in these in this environment and you need to be able to, um, they need to thrive in their environment. So, so I mean, this you know, it just sounds like to me, you're very guided by your by your by your ethics and your values and also, you know, being parents yourself, what you'd want for your own children yeah. as well as what you want for yourself yeah, as, a, yeah, yeah. as a student. Um, where where, where do you see things going for fat properties? What's your sort of ultimate goal? You obviously want to make a real dent and a real change in the industry, which is yeah. just amazingly positive. Yeah. What well, about your own business? <clears throat> really, it's just getting... I mean, I'm so passionate. I've always been passionate about design, always been passionate about making a difference through design. Um my thesis at university was all about the built environment and the impact on obesity and, and things like that. So oh, wow. it's, it goes way, way, way back from, you know, from day dot, from just, I've always been passionate about design and making a difference through design. And the sort of the intersection of property and well-being is just perfect for me because that's that's where I see, you know, how we can make a difference. So really, in terms of fat properties, we're going to continue um, developing and trying to, you know, we're working with investors, so we are providing more decent accommodation, accommodation, living student houses, <laughs> <laughs> student homes for um, for students. And we're hopefully going to go into different different cities as well to, to get this out there. We're also looking at um, serviced accommodation as well and maybe going into that area. But directly now, um, you know, I'm writing a book about this because I really want to get the message out there that this can be done and investors, developers, um, 
purpose-built student accommodation providers, we can do this. You know, it's not that difficult. It just takes a little bit of thought and just understanding how people are going to be using the space. I'm also um, doing some research in this as well because there's no research out there. So I've teamed up with a psychologist, again from Instagram. Brilliant. Um, (laughs) So we're actually starting some research at the end of this year to look into, you know, how does it make a difference? You know, because there isn't anything out there. You know, let's let's have a look at it. Let's really get, let's get the values. Let's get the understanding. Does it make a difference? You know, I'm passionate about it, but hey, I might be wrong. You know, it, you know, it's in other sectors, but we need to know it is true. Um, so we're doing that, and also this year we're starting to because I'm so passionate about making a difference, as you can tell. Yeah, we are doing a scorecard as well. So we're producing a scorecard that we're trialing on our students which is going to be taking the four um, the four F's of well-being so we basically know that for optimum well-being we need to be living effectively in four areas which is the focus fitness friendship and finance so we're creating a scorecard which will measure the students well-being um, and then they can the scorecard would empower the students to take charge of their well-being but they can do that in the comfort of their home they can look at which areas they will be you know there'll be a set of questions in each area it will then say right you're deficient in this area you need to go then and focus on this and it will give examples examples of how they can get the help they need in each area so hopefully that will help them before they need to go you know before they get to that stage later on where they're really struggling and you know it's, it's a huge impact for them and they, they've got psychological distress we can get them early on and they can empower themselves we're not telling them what to do we're not you know saying here you go you've got to go and do this you've got to go and do this they are in control and they can work out where where they might need um to sort of focus their time whether it's fitness whether they're on the wrong course whether they you know they're they're just and then they can get help. And if it's linked to the university as well, then, um, you know, that would that would work out well, too. So hopefully we're we're trialing it on our students to see if it's if it's going to work. And then, yeah, I mean, I, I see something like that being fantastic at universities because there is such a huge issue there. And empowering the students to take control of it themselves yeah, yeah. and actually for them to work out where they might be deficient in which area definitely and how to take I'm, it. I'm just for everyone listening I'm just looking at um Philippa's brochure here now or fat properties brochure it's absolutely amazing um and just from the medical perspective I, I, I'm I work with a, a, an organization that um basically supports a lot of different startups within the medical fields and so we there's you know there's so much around patient education now and empowering people to take control of their own yeah, health yeah. and um you know when you're when you're self-monitoring anything whatever it is when you're measuring it your awareness is is heightened and yeah. so naturally you, you you quite often take better choices make better choices yeah. and, and move in a healthier direction and this looks absolutely brilliant because all of us go through difficult times and we feel a bit empty or a bit sad or a bit anxious or whatever it is. And sometimes you can't put your finger on Absolutely. exactly what it is. Absolutely. But we all know that as soon as we see our friends yeah. and, yeah. you know, you, you're nurtured by a close relationship or you... Um, you know, you go, you go out, you go for a jog, a park run, yeah, or you yeah, just absolutely. do whatever you enjoy. Go dancing for a few hours. Whatever it is that you're into, you feel so much better afterwards. And there are a lot of books, particularly in general practice at the moment, where there's a big uh, 
big movement in terms of lifestyle medicine. Well, yeah. it, it's just, I mean, in my opinion, it's its uh, its basic, logical, very obvious advice. There's no mystery or no secret, but we've kind of forgotten that yeah, with modern yeah, living. Yeah. And it's socialise with at least one absolutely, or two close friends at least once a week, twice yeah, a week. Yeah, yeah. You know, do exercise, put good things into your absolutely. body. None of it's rocket science, yeah, but it yeah, automatically yeah, yeah. makes absolutely, you feel better. Absolutely. And, and this is brilliant. And this is this Thank scorecard, you. I think this is absolutely brilliant because at least it, you don't have to give people the answers, but if you can oh, give them absolutely. a framework. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also they're not having to go to university to get the help. They're not having to knock on somebody's door and yeah. say, hi, um, I've got a problem and can you help me? It's They are empowered to do it themselves in the comfort of their own home. Yeah. And a lot of the time, I mean, it, the really horrific thing that I read the other day was in The Guardian, and they were saying that soulless universities, it was the title was soulless universities, oh, and it was saying that one in six students don't have, a, can't say that they've got a true friend. Oh, that's terrible. And how sad is that? And you think, let's have a look at where they're living. Look at what sort of environment they've got now. It's studios. They're living in studios, a lot of them. Um, they are so they don't need to socialise with anyone socially isolated because it's socially isolated maybe just isolated. a couple of hours of lectures and Absolutely. then you don't and see anyone so they don't have that opportunity to meet people so if you mm. think about sort of like in the olden days, in the olden days, it was more HMOs and it was more, you know, you, you are stuck together you are, or you're living in student accommodation that you've got these big halls and you've got corridors and you've got, um, so you sort of have your chance meetings and you have your, mm. you have your refectory. So you all sit down together and you don't know who you're going to sit next to, but you've got, you know, you're there and you're socialising yeah. and you're with people. Yeah. We need community. As, as humans, we are social people. We need to have that connection with, with people. And so... I just think, I mean, again, I'm going back to it, that it's just, we just need to really get on this and just really look at it and just see what other sectors are doing and how they've come up with this research, how they've, what they've found in these different areas and just move it over to the student, student sector. So I've seen so many young people, quite often their students, um, come into the GP practice yeah. um, with depression, with anxiety. They're going through counselling and and really, really struggling. And, mm. and a lot of the time, they're just incredibly isolated. And yeah, there's yeah. no plaster that you can stick no. on that. But having a, if we are spending 90% of our time indoors, the home Absolutely. is the best place to start, Absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely. Facilitating some sort of routine, Absolutely. some natural connections that will be made. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're happy in your home, this comes back to it, research has yeah. just been done. If you're happy in your home, you're happy in life. That was a big quote that came out of a, a report that came out last week, for uh, last week, last month, Kingfisher report, um, which was undertaken by B&Q. And it was saying if you're, and it, was, it wasn't to do with the student sector, but it was still, if you're happy, and it was to do with rental and owner-occupied um, housing. And it's, it's that whole... It's a, a part of you, isn't it? And it's where you feel safe, where you feel secure. You can be yourself. Mm. These students are coming away from home. They're taken, they're taken away. They have moved away from their social network, their friends, their family. They're in this area, which is so exciting, but also it's very daunting. They, you know, they might not know anybody. And then they're put with all these different people, maybe, or they're in studios, and then there's suddenly, that's it, you know. And if we know that that impact on what's happening then mm. is going to still be relevant in 10 years' time, that's when they're working or if they're working, you know, if they finish their university studies, that impact on their mental health, how that's going to 
you know, if they don't finish their studies, you know, again, there's research in that, that, you know, that's a major impact if they don't finish higher education, how that impacts them. So it's just, I mean, it's just so obvious to me um, that we just need to just spend more time considering what's going on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you've got You've got a book coming out. Yes. That's exciting. Yes, that is terrifying. You've, been, but you've got your research that you're doing. You're yeah. running your portfolio. Doing the scorecard. <laughs> doing the scorecard. Very busy lady. Where, and when then three we, kids. And the three kids. Oh, my God. And a dog. Oh, right. And the dog. Yeah, and a yeah. husband. That's probably the worst of all, isn't it? Sorry, Tom. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Tom. <laughs> oh, how they laughed. <laughs> so... When can we? When do you think you might? I know you're in the process of writing it. But when do you think the book will be out? It's sh- this the end of this year, right? That's okay. it. Done, done, done. Yeah, this, this is the end like- of this year. This is it. Yeah, I've got to do it. Um, so yeah, no, the end of this year. I want to get it out because it's it is you know it's going to impact people. You know, if you you know if anybody reads and it, something that others can use on oh, the landlords or yeah, 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 other yeah. student organisations. Absolutely, it's not to do. It's not a profit thing, profit making yeah. thing. I mean, we are thinking about that. All proceeds, if we do sell any, will yeah. go to charity. It's oh, not going to be a profit making yeah. exercise for yeah. us. Um, it's just sharing it is knowledge. really sharing knowledge, and is more of a design guide. I've always you know That's created great. design Actually, guides. Are there are there any minimum standards? There are currently for student accommodation for for HMOs. There are for yeah. HMOs only. Okay. Yeah, there, okay. there will be for student for purpose-built student accommodation. Yeah. 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 Um, but there are there are that we go off is is HMOs minimum standards, okay. which is like six point five for a bedroom, which is way too small. Yeah. And um, you know, if you've got shared shared living space, then it's ten meters squared. If you haven't got shared meet, um, living space, then it's ten meters square in the yeah. bedroom, which we that's our absolute minimum, minimum for a bedroom yeah. because yeah. and then we have way 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 over for communal space because it's so important gosh okay so that's all really exciting yeah is there anything else like coming up that we should watch out for uh, from fat properties I think well the big the big news was Tom leaving work so yes. he's joined the company full time oh, congratulations so Tom that was yeah that's been brilliant so at the moment he's been sort of yeah he's he's well, he's cooking at the moment with our youngest, which is very impressive. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so he's he's joined, and that's been brilliant. The workload hasn't come down at all. We thought we'd be able to have our evenings back, mm-hmm. but that's not worked at all. So, yeah, it's, yeah, just busy, busy, but that's the way we like it. And, you know, there's a focus. And, again, going back to the four quadrants of well-being, you know, yeah. I've got my focus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've now got my fitness. <laughs> um, my friendship is probably all on Instagram and <laughs> not in real life. <laughs> um and finance, yeah, we've got to make sure that, you know, uh, with the, the student housing, the finance is value for money. Yeah. You know, they need to make sure, sh- we need to make sure that we're providing value for money. So it's not this luxurious student accommodation that I was talking about before yeah. that's a tiny, tiny bedroom and, and you know, they're, they're paying for this with no shared space and £140, that's not value for money no. and it's not. Luxurious student accommodation, so we just need, need to be, be luxury. Just needs to be designed it for well-being, right? Yeah, did I get it right? <laughs> now that's why you're in podcast. Designed for well-being, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. that's Absolutely. amazing. Yeah. So, where can people find out more? So, um, Instagram at Fat Properties, Philippa Charrier at um, on Instagram as well. LinkedIn, I'm the only Philippa Charrier around. So yeah. I, married into a name which is brilliant because there's only one <laughs> um 
and um, yeah, just Facebook Fat Properties. Yeah, Fat Properties. Just Google Fat Properties, and yeah, you'll find us. Fantastic, oh, Philippe. It's been so nice to have you on. The Thank podcast. you so much. It's been lovely to see you. And Thank meet you, you so finally. Much. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for coming down, and um, to all our listeners. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today if you've enjoyed this episode then please do give us a like or a review and make sure you subscribe so that you will be the first to hear the next episode and thank you thank you this podcast was recorded at the pod at white city place